The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the American Workers Coalition. And right now we've been through such a crazy time that we're still going through with the coronavirus and people being laid off. And there's really a need for this American Workers Coalition. And I think they have a lot to tell us about what's going on with foreign workers coming in and privacy issues. And I think most people don't even really know about this coalition. So I'm excited to interview today Marie Larson, who is one of the co-founders of the American Workers Coalition, along with Hillary Gamm and Barbara Birch. And for privacy reasons, they have chosen to basically remain relatively anonymous on the website. But others who have come out against the displacement of citizen workers by outsourcing companies um, have suffered threats and harassment, which none of them really want for their children and their families. So she's really kind of coming out of the closet to talk about this with us. And um, they're, they are basically the face of American workers. She's Marie is a non-practicing attorney, so she has that kind of training as well. And she she and her co-founders and the people who belong to the American Workers Coalition are a conglomeration of many kinds of backgrounds. And they advocate for policies that protect our citizens and also protect the privacy of workers and really protect American workers. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Marie. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mari. I'm so happy to be on with you. So let's talk a little bit, since a lot of people don't really know about this, is what exactly is the American Workers Coalition? American Workers Coalition is a group started by three American moms, as you mentioned, Hillary and Barbara and I. Uh, It's a grassroots grassroots group started so that we could um, give American workers a voice. So we contact Congress. We have conference calls with uh, between Congress and constituents in our group, um, you know, sort of informing and educating uh, congressional staffers and Congress members about legislation <coughs> that is um, in the best interest of their constituents um, and trying to um, uh, sort of disabuse them of um, wrong information that they get from lobbying groups. So um, we, we have been very concerned about American STEM pr- professionals that have been displaced and required to train their foreign replacements. 
um, H-1B workers. Um, that's uh, supposed to be a visa that is used to supplement America's labor force when um, nobody in uh, the American labor pool can fill a position, but it's been abused um, to such an extent that the program really is not recognizable anymore. Um, and there are several other programs, you know, um, visa programs that, you know, we could talk about. Um, and we are we're concerned about the increasing influence that corporations, American and foreign, um, as well as foreign lobbyists, are having um, on our Congress and, you know, in displacing American workers. Yeah, I, I noticed that um, on your website, you have a lot of things that you're concerned about that that you believe are, you know, selling sellout of American STEM jobs. So um, you talk about reducing the F-1 visa. What's that? So the F-1 visa is supposed to be uh, for foreign students to come in and study. Um, so the problem is that um, they then can get an OPT work authorization. OPT stands for Optional Practical Training, uh-huh. um, which really doesn't have any significance um, except that, you know, the thing to understand about OPT is that um, it allows those folks to take American jobs and they work tax-free, so they're mm-hmm. not paying any of the payroll taxes. Both them and their employer uh, don't pay the 16.8%. Um, they split that amount. I'm sorry, the 16.8% payroll tax that should come from, um, you know, the collective uh, employment situation. Right. So um, that is um, uh, a loss to our uh, Social Security, Medicare, and federal unemployment funds, uh, equivalent to three billion dollars per year. Hmm. Yeah, wow. it's huge, and it's um, it's grown over 400%. There are um, Pew Research articles that sort of compare it to the H-1B visa, um, and OPT has eclipsed H-1B. Um, it, is, uh, it, it was not authorized by Congress. It is not merit-based. Uh, there are no caps, no limits whatsoever. Um, and very, very little oversight. It, the oversight is really left to the college from which the F1 um, signed up for the OPT, and um, there are many instances of visa mills um, that just, um, you know, sort of give the OPT uh, certificate, uh, the, the work authorization, and, um, you know, set them free. So this is not even authorized by Congress, and there's no oversight, and there's, you know, I mean, so what? Correct. Yeah. So it's it's disadvantaging our own American college grads to right. a, a great, great extent. Um, and so we have been instrumental in, um, you know, banging this drum and got some legislation introduced um, that would end OPT. Um, we... Uh, Representative Gosar from Arizona co-sponsored and introduced the bill, and we have eight co-sponsors so far. Um, you know, now with all that's going on with the coronavirus, um, things are, you know, on a completely different yeah, track yeah. right now. But yeah. this is something that we want to get back to and hope to, um, you know, educate a lot more people about, yeah. so that um, more people can talk to their 
members of Congress to get this done. Yeah. Now, you also talk about on your website about ending H4EAD, which is the H4 Employment Authorization Document. So so tell us about that. Yes. So um, H1B visa workers, um, okay, so H1B is the primary that's supposed to be um, someone in a specialty occupation that I mentioned before. Right. If, they, if, um, if we so, don't have somebody here, we can use somebody from outside that they're a specialty that we don't have here. Is that what that is? Right. Theoretically, that's yeah. what that's supposed to be. Yeah. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, nowadays, we have folks coming in on H-1B visas that don't even have college degrees. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's very widely abused, um, so it's very problematic. Um, the H-4 that you speak of, uh, H-4 are spouses and dependent children of the H-1B. And so under the Obama Obama administration, what he did was he um, gave the spouses of H-1Bs who have already applied for um, their green cards and are in a line to get their green cards, he allowed the spouses um, to get their employment authorization documents so they could work. So Mm -hmm. once again, this was not authorized by Congress. (laughs) Um, There's no merit involved. They can take any job. They can take multiple jobs, um, and there are no caps in that as well. Hmm. So we have several programs that have act, acted as an end run around the H-1B visa caps, the one program that is, in fact, capped. Um, so, you know, H-4EAD, OPT, um, J-1, there's lots of different visas, um, really a veritable alphabet soup. Um, that are being used to displace American workers. The J-1 I referred to, um, that's um, used, for example, you might think of that as being um, properly used at Epcot Center where they need somebody from Sweden or Japan or someplace like that to work um, to make the the, um, experience authentic. Um, But, you know, it's being used as, you know, to... You know, to scoop ice cream in our resort towns or, you know, lots of other things. And we really were at a time where American college kids and high school kids, um, their employment is at an all-time low. Uh, so, so and, many and things we that, have, And we have so many layoffs right now, too. Right, right. Yes. So this time in particular where <laughs> we're looking at millions of unemployment claims, um, it's, it's really scary for a lot of folks. Um, yeah. uh, so, you know, and, and we have, um, you know, stories coming out every day about, you know, our unemployment, um, the websites are crashing right. because so many people are trying to quickly clamor and file for their unemployment. Right. And, you know, this at a time when, you know, we have an, you know, H1B lottery coming and, you know, more workers coming into the country, so, you know, we're trying really hard to lobby Congress to make them see that they need to uphold their fiduciary duty to the American people. So tell me about this lottery. Tell, tell us about that. How does that work? <clears throat> okay. So every year, um, USCIS holds a lottery. Okay. Um, so tell us what that you see. Tell me when I'm you... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got, USCIS I, I, is... Yeah. Uh, U.S. Customs and Immigration Services. 
And so um, they hold the, the lottery, um, and really lottery is just, um, that just means that it's a, you know, com- a randomized computer system, and they, they've just taken to calling it a lottery. <clears throat> so, so they have 65,000 um, places for these supposed specialty occupations. 20,000 are supposed to be um, higher uh, you know, with uh, advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's a total of 85,000 that are capped. Those are the ones that are counted, and they are capped or limited. Um, in addition to that, um, the, um, there, there are the uncapped or the cap-exempt, and those are go to our nonprofits and colleges and universities. Um, so we're looking at upwards and over 100,000 per year that are authorized. Um, and so it opens, for example, on April 1st of every year. And then generally speaking within four days, um, they reach that because you have outsourcing companies, um, that are sort of, um, scooping up, they call them the, pardon me. Are they scooping up those people? Those outsourcing? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're contracting companies, uh, that call themselves consultancies (coughs) and, they um, they apply multiple times for people, um, and you know there have been different things done to the system to try to avoid that. Um, but I'm not sure they they have a new system this year. We'll have to see how well that's going to work out. <clears throat> so who who runs this lottery? Is it, it's the it's the uh, it's the government though, right? I mean, you said it's the. You know, immigration, USCIS yeah, and it's yeah. Department of Homeland Security. Right. So it is the government that is basically running that lottery. So wouldn't, wouldn't whoever has an oversight over Homeland Security be kind of like overseeing this, whatever Department of um, Homeland Security? Are they the ones who are kind of overseeing this or what? I'm, I'm a little confused. Yeah, so um, the, the problem is that the tech lobby is so um, strong that oh. they push this through. They keep saying that, you know, that they don't have enough STEM workers. Um, currently in the United States, more than 50% of U.S. STEM graduates are not getting jobs in their field. Hmm. Okay, so... You have folks that have STEM degrees. Okay, so STEM. So you I'm better, sorry. Yeah, science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. Okay. So um, people think of it as IT generally, um, but for example, there are accounting people, you know, that are being um, uh, kept out of jobs because mm-hmm. of OPT workers. Um, there are accounting jobs that are being um, you know, those folks are being displaced. Their entire departments are being um, overtaken by consultancy companies that will bring in H-1B workers uh, and require uh, their employees here in the States to train their foreign replacements before they kick the Americans to the curb. My goodness. And then <clears throat> you had talked a little bit about how um, – how the American workers are forced to train these foreign workers and then they're displaced. How does that work? So, yeah, I mean, it it has been happening um, for quite some time, I think uh, as early as the early 2000s. 
Um, Disney was a really big um, or a, a bigger case um, that was more highly publicized. Um, the, the folks, the American workers these days that are getting laid off, um, they're getting no publicity. I mean, we've been shouting from social media hilltops. We've been calling Congress. And it's so hard to get traction and get a foothold so that we can tell the world what's happening. Because I'm certain that the majority of Americans would be outraged by this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so part of the issue is that folks, when they're laid off and required to train their foreign replacements, are required to sign non-disclosure agreements, mm. which are short-term NDAs. Right, right. Okay. So they're, they're like gag orders. They can't say anything. And they're afraid that if they speak out, they'll be sued by the company that just laid them off. Wow. So I question the legality of those, um, you know, to say that they don't have the right to go speak to their, their elected representatives about it. Um, but it's amazing how many Americans are really scared. They don't want to speak out. They don't want to be blackballed. Um, They're afraid of not getting rehired. Hmm. You know, we're talking about um, people that were really loyal to their uh, prior employers, um, you know, good, highly educated, hardworking folks. And um, they're scared. They're having to take jobs that are, you know, very far beneath them um, as far as their education. Um, you know, we have folks tell us that um, some prior co-workers, you know, opened landscaping companies. Hmm. Well, you know, that's great. But, you know, we're looking at, you know, trickle-down effects on our economy um, when um, a, a highly skilled STEM worker, and again, these are the folks that everybody, you listen to CNBC or listen to any you know, any show, and you constantly hear the mantra of, oh, we need that talent pipeline open from China and India. Mm. You know, these are our STEM workers, you know, intelligent, blah, blah, blah. Look, we have the workers here in America. We have the STEM talent. It's just that the companies want to hire. Well, they they pay less, obviously. Yeah. Right. And so... The and and they're getting hire. and these workers, from what you told me, I mean, they're also getting these tax benefits of not having to pay payroll tax or or as much payroll tax. So, right, and that's that's the OPT folks. Yeah, that's that's the F one OPT, and um, that's highly problematic, very very problematic. And I think that you'll get more of a visceral response, you know, thinking about that that they're not even paying taxes. The H-1B, they do pay taxes, but still the, the problem is that they're brought in, they work for lower amounts. The whole reason, let's face it, the whole reason they're being brought in is because they're cheaper and more compliant. Right. Um, you know. And you had on your website, this kind of surprised me, that more than 70% of Silicon Valley tech workers are foreign-born. Right, right, right. That, and, that's and more outrageous. than 75%. Yeah. Right. And 75% of H-1Bs um, are from India. Hmm. And I think 90% of H-4EADs um, are from India. Wow. Um, but, you know, we have jobs also being offshored. 
yes. you know, to a bunch of different cu- countries. Um, so it drives it, me crazy when I, I was trying to change my, uh, my airline ticket, you know, during the, the crazy yes. time with the coronavirus. And I was trying to change United and they could not understand what the heck I was asking for and why. And I said, I have a, an email that says I can change it without any cost. And they said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, I can. And I read it to them. And then I asked to speak to a supervisor. And then I asked to speak to another supervisor. Mm -hmm. I was in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And I got so frustrated Mm -hmm. that I drove to the airport. And wow. and nobody was at the airport, and they were so sweet because obviously they were Americans at the airport. Right. It took right. me five minutes. And I went in a pouring rain, <laughs> and and you know, but I got in and out of there in a minute. But this kind of stuff of outsourcing to these foreign countries that right. we can't understand them, they can't understand us, and culturally they don't get it. Like I, I'm a lawyer, like you know, you're lawyer trained, and I said. This is false advertising, right? You know, this is a bait and switch. If you're sent, if I have an email telling me I can make this change without any cost, and you're telling me I can't, mm-hmm. then you know this is this is illegal. You know, well we don't. Right. But they're trained to just skip. You know, uh, go to Pass their the script, right? Right, right. And uh, this is another thing. Why are we taking away these jobs from Americans? That right. drives me nuts. Yeah. And I'm sure that's why you started this <laughs> this well, whole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's it's so illogical. And, you know, most reasonable people, once they fully understand the facts, and that's key because the propaganda on the other side of this is it can, you know, if you only have half the story and you don't want to invest the time it takes to really understand it, uh, it can be persuading, and that what if that's what has happened in our Congress. Um, unfortunately, they have many things on their plate, so they have a very limited amount of time to spend on each issue. And um, Immigration Voice is a foreign lobbying group um, who are working very hard to get legislation pushed through our Congress that would eliminate our country caps for employment-based visas. Okay. So who is doing that? These Is it the foreign countries that are trying to do this, or who is doing this? Yes. I mean, th- this group in particular, Immigration Voice, is um, funded by, um, I believe it's funded by uh, the Indian government as well as immigrants that are um, here in the States and pay them to lobby on their behalf. Um, so we're talking about non-citizens. They're not even green card holders. They're not legal permanent residents. So, um, you know, they're, they're lobbying Congress, um, getting this bill pushed. It passed the House um, mm. because, you know, there are some uh, vocal advocates. And, you know, these, um, these people are hounding Congress. They're calling on a daily basis. They're going into those offices. Um, you know, there's reports, um, you know, literal reports, like showing that a lot of these folks are, when they call uh, congressional offices, they'll look up in Zillow the zip codes um, for that particular office and lie and say they live in an apartment there. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when we call as American Workers Coalition, 
um, certain offices said, if you can't produce a constituent, we won't take your call. Interesting. So, yeah. I think you guys do need to be on 60 Minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to, to we really would like this. to. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. And when American constituents cannot even get the ear of their uh, leaders, that's a really sad day. Now, when when these people who have signed NDAs, the non-disclosure agreements, when they're laid off or, you know, um, whatever, and they, they can't, they feel they can't talk about the foreign person who was hired to replace them, uh, mm-hmm. and they can't talk about that, do they come to you? I mean, do they, yes. do they know to come to you? Um, it's been a slow process. Um, we're trying to get the word out as much as possible. Um, you know, I, we sort of joined Twitter. I joined Twitter personally, and then, you know, we, we founded this group. Um, we try to get the word out. Um, we don't have a Facebook page. We're, you know, limited um, <laughs> as far as, you know, we have so much to do. Right. Um, and so we're really trying to get the word out. And, yes, they do come to us, and we say we'd like to use your story, and they say, okay, but please don't use my name. You know, yeah. and that's, we hear that over and over. So, um, are they, know, are, they're, they're fearful that, okay, they're already laid off for one company and they're fearful right. that they won't be able to get another job with another company. Is that what yes. it is? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Um, there's just, there's just too much fear, unfortunately. Uh-huh. They, you know, many of them, like you said, have signed the non-disclosure agreements, so they're not supposed to be speaking I, I would have to read an actual agreement to see. I can't the imagine of that 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 I can understand non-disclosure to talk about. They can't disclose about their um, their employment, and they can't disclose you know certain patents and other things right, that they've right, got. Right. But it seems to me that they that I would, if I were you, I would say, let me see this non-disclosure agreement because yeah. it doesn't seem like they could say that. You know, and they well, should you know, be able to post on your website their story without saying their name. You know, right? Right, and and you're right, Mari. And I would really love to see those NDAs. The difference is, you and I are lawyers, um, and you know, I've said many times I'd love to see the the, um, the those non disclosure agreements. Right. Um, it, what matters, Mari, is the um, the laid off employee what they think it says, what they think could happen if they speak out. So the, the corporate lawyers, when they're putting them in front of the, the employee who's about to get their very need, badly needed severance, right? right, and they're signing that, and the corporate lawyer is saying, hey, if you speak out, we can sue you. We can get this money back and take you to court for right. more damages. Right, right. That's the unfortunate part. So right. there's nobody speaking out for these people. There's usually even there's usually something in these NDAs that says because I've I've written some and I've seen some and I've negotiated some of those, but they usually say something like you can't disclose unless it's for some legal purpose, like a, a you know government purpose. You're required to by law. So if they mm-hmm. were subpoenaed. To, <laughs> like if they were compelled to, right? Yeah, right. Then, then they would tell the com- They would have to tell the company, but, um, but that would be really bad for the company to fight that. So, yeah, yeah. this is this is you know. I have to say, I had no idea myself 
mm-hmm. and uh, about how uh, how this all works and how yeah. really bad it is for our American workers. Yes, it's it's really bad, and it's bad for our sovereignty, the sovereignty of our nation. In our economy as well. I mean, right. look at how much tax is lost, Indeed. right? Because um, we're not paying taxes, we're not, and then these people might be sending money back to their home country, and they're not even spending it here. Eighty so, billion in remittances were sent to India 20, 2017, I believe. There was just an article written by David North, who's a fellow at the Centers for Immigration Studies. He posted an article last week, and he said that he basically, foreign student coming into the country, because, of course, so many people want to make the argument that they're contributing to this economy. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to have you back again, because we are just out of time. Oh, okay. So just give your website, and it's time to go. Okay, Marie? Thank you. Okay. Sure. Thanks, Mari. It's American Workers Coalition. It's AMMWorkO at dot com and then on Twitter we're at, at Amworko. Yes. A M W R O K C O dot com. Yeah. A M W O R K C O. Yes. Correct. Dot com. Okay. Thank you so much, Marie. We will keep in touch and keep up the great work that you're doing. Bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.